0: The information contained in this podcast is provided for your general information only. It does not give medical advice or engage in the practice of medicine. This massage podcast under no circumstances recommends particular treatment for specific individuals and in all cases recommends that you consult your physician or local treatment center before pursuing any course of treatment. Good afternoon. This is the Massage Podcast. www.massagepodcast.com, and welcome to the wonderful chilly, cold afternoon here in Boulder, Colorado. It is so beautiful out, very sunny, but a little chilly. Uh, welcome today. We have a very special guest. Uh, we'll get to you in just one moment. If you would like to get in touch with us, leave us a voicemail or send us a text at area code three zero three. Six five six nine eight six zero, or you can send us an email via www.massagepodcast.com and that uh, send it on our contact page or come chat with us during our live recordings, which is right now. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. My name is Elaine Kalenda and I am the massage expert, so they say, although learning something new every day. And you can also download our podcasts from iTunes. And today we have a very special guest, a very good friend of mine for, I don't know, almost 30 years, I would think, right. uh, tw- at least 25 years. Uh, this is Harriet Clapper. She's a certified public accountant. And now that it's time for doing your taxes, we thought it would be a very apropos time to have Harriet on to bestow upon you her great, great knowledge in this... Uh, world of uh, income tax, in particular for massage therapists, as she's come and been a guest instructor at the Boulder College of Massage Therapy many times over the years, and she uh, gives our students a lot of very important advice for the taxes. You want to get that, that stuff straight. You, know, you want to start off uh, doing everything on the up and up, And then uh, there's just so many, I always find there's so many things that I could have taken deductions on, and sometimes I want to deduct it, and it's no longer deductible, so it'll be a great time for us to catch up on all the latest with, uh, the according to taxes. So hello, Harriet.
1: Good morning. How are you?
0: I'm doing just fine. I'm just trying to warm up here.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here, and I'll try to help in any way I can to make it easier for massage therapists, to uh, figure out what their tax liability is and what deductions they can take. Okay. And how long have you been an accountant, Harriet? Oh, a very long time. You don't want to say? I on. say. Since 1978. 78. Yes. And I uh, taught for five years at uh, SUNY uh, College in New Paltz, New York. Oh, yeah. And I was in practice with uh, a teacher from there for a long time and- Uh, from 1981 until I moved out here 15 years ago. I sold my practice a few years back and practiced from here in the New York office. And now I'm on my own.
0: That's right, and working in uh,
1: Niwot, Colorado. I work in Niwot, Colorado. I have a sole practitioner business. I do all kinds of tax work, but I especially Mm. try to help
0: massage therapists so yeah, in 1978, I was in massage school. Oh yes, when you were getting started there, and we met in New York uh, through your daughter Iris Lee, right? Who has actually was the reason that I'm out here in Colorado to I begin with. That. You know, I know that she kept calling me and saying, Elaine, you got to come out here. Oh, you got to come out here. And I was like, what? Leave New York for what? And when I came out here, I was just like, I got to come out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, A month man. later, I was here. Yeah, so that's how I came out here because both my children live here. Okay, yeah, right, both of them do. So, so back in New York, many moons ago, I remember how Iris was always telling me, you know, to do the right thing with the with your tax, get your business. Uh, squared away and uh, keep track of everything she used to tell me also to put money aside and this was difficult for me in the beginning to put a certain right. percentage aside and I think that uh, that might be true of a lot of massage therapists you get the money or the cash and then you know you find a way to spend it and uh, you got to be disciplined don't you
1: well you do because in most cases when you first start out you uh, often don't have a tax liability to the federal government or to the state government but you always have a tax liability for self-employment tax, which is about Uh, 15.3%. That's the FICA and the Medicare that that as a a sole practitioner, if you're not uh, working for somebody, but in your own business, you have to be prepared to pay self-employment tax. And I find even in my practice that many, many people the first year or two, do not pay federal or state tax, but they're hit with uh, the self-employment tax. That's a big shock, and yeah. so therefore, I always tell anybody that I speak to about massage therapy: they need to save at least uh, ten to fifteen percent because there's always expenses against your income, unless yeah. you work for as a contract laborer for an, a, a company, a company, a massage yeah. company, and then. You have very little expense to take off. It's only when you're in your own practice that you can have some very good deductions. Okay, so the expense
0: you're talking about is the deductions you can take for your equipment. Everything, for everything, everything, everything you, that's related to, to your, your business. business
1: okay. your, and I could go through a whole list of them with you.
0: When you say tax liability, is I that mean, what what yes, does that
1: mean? That means the tax that you owe. To the federal government or the state government. It's because you work. Because you're you work. In, yeah. Everybody who have, works with a W-2 as an employee gets a W-2, and they have to pay, a file a return, and they have to pay tax, mm-hmm. both the uh, uh, federal, state, and the, their share of the FICA that's R- deducted from the from the wages. Right. But when you're on your own and doing self-employment work, which means that you're not working for anybody but yourself. Ben, you have to you have to be the one to pay the tax you have to pay
0: your taxes yeah. in other words this is a, a little surprising to the beginners especially I think the younger uh beginners there's their first job and they're a sole practitioner right and uh, and they don't realize all these little things they have to do now we do try and cover some of those in their classes at the Boulder College uh, right uh, but you know the, the
1: learning to learning about business is huge it's very huge and I I as a certified public accountant, I have to take 40 hours of CPE every year. And I learn something all the time, even you have though a lot of continuing education. Know. Right. Because right. things change. Things change, mm-hmm. especially with the federal tax laws. Mm-hmm. The state generally follows the, the federal. So you're really doing a federal return, and then the state return just comes automatically when you do it on a on a uh, computer program. Mm-hmm.
0: So how would you advise uh, right out of school massage therapists. Okay. Right Um, out of school, what are some of the things uh, that they should be,
1: you know, doing? And if they're totally clueless, what should they do? Well, the first thing you have to do is to keep accurate records. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a computer to do that, but if you're computer uh, knowledgeable, that's fine. You could keep it on spreadsheets. It doesn't really matter. Uh, When you have an, an appointment book, you can keep your income in there. Every time you meet a client, you put in your your fee that you charged and collected, you have to collect it mm-hmm. for it to be taxable because you're a cash basis taxpayer. Most okay. individual taxpayers are on the cash basis. So if you if you don't get a, a fee, you can't charge it, you can't put it in, in, into income. Mm-hmm. And so that at the end of the year, whatever number of months you've worked, you have a total of 12 months, let's say, then you would have 12 totals each month to add up, and that would be your total income. Mm-hmm. If you're practicing on your own, sometimes you still get a 1099 miscellaneous, which is if you are working as a contract worker for another company, you still can get a 1099. Right. If it's related to the massage business, you add the two together. Okay. So it's your own personal income from your own personal business, and any Plus- 1099. That deals with massage. Like, for instance, if you're
0: working on your own, you have some private clients, right. but you also do some part-time work at Massage Envy. Correct. So you're getting a salary from them. Then what it's you earn... It's not a salary. It's like not a salary. They generally a,
1: don't pay salaries because they, people that work there mm-hmm. do other work on their own, so they don't. They they consider them a contract laborer, and okay. that's why you get a 1099 miscellaneous. Okay, yeah, okay. And right. they are obligated... To give you a ten ninety nine miscellaneous sending a copy as well to the government mm-hmm. if you earn over six hundred dollars. Okay. Over six hundred. Still over
0: six hundred dollars. Over six dollars. That hasn't dollars. changed. No. Okay. Very no. good. Um so the beginner also, uh, keeping good records, that was the first advice that you gave. And believe it or not, you know you have an appointment book. It can be audited. I mean, you have to have Absolutely. that. Keep that appointment book. How long would you suggest they keep well, it? Well,
1: the statute of limitations is uh, generally seven years. So I would probably keep it for seven years, or keep a record. It they don't have to be the appointment, the appointment book, book itself, but, you need to but a, keep mm-hmm. the record of income, right? That you got for seven years. You have to have it written down somewhere. Absolutely. Okay, that's very good too. And also, mm-hmm. if you're going to do your, if you're going to bring your return to somebody to do, please do not bring them individual receipts or individual uh, bills, invoices, anything like that. No, no. The preparer wants to get it it summarized. When the preparer does the return, they're not auditing the return. They're signing the return to say that what you gave them seems reasonable. And accurate. And accurate. Mm-hmm. And, and there are no red flags like somebody taking uh, working at home and taking an enormous amount of mileage uh, on their autos. Right. That would stand out quickly. So okay. you need to be more conservative in those kinds of expenses that, in which you don't have an actual... Invoice from somebody.
0: Okay. And then what about the invoice? Now, you, you know, you're in a massage therapy practice and um, you collect uh, either cash or checks from people. Right. And um, should you give them a receipt? Is that a good? Not necessarily.
1: If they give you cash and they ask for a receipt, then you have to give it to them. Right. But if they give you a check, that's their receipt. Right. Okay. So they that you should be actually ready to give receipts if yes. you, if
0: they're required, but right. you don't have to. No, you don't have to. And uh, and so yeah, people come in, they pay their money, they leave. You've got their name written down, how much they paid you, because you might have a sliding scale, so that's it's right. not always the same amount. That's right. Um, And then, you know, uh, keeping track of that is very important. And always the point I was trying to make here was that, um, uh, you know, uh, some people even uh, have um, nowadays the credit card. Or they'll sell right. a Groupon or they'll, they you know, they right. have these, uh, you g- buy 10 massages from me and I'll give you, you know, five, eight dollars off each session or something. That's right. And so these are these are good um, ways for people to, I think, supplement some of their income. Uh, right. But th- when somebody buys 10 sessions, you have to deliver 10 sessions.
1: Not if they've paid cash uh-huh. and they don't come. Right. That's income to you anyway, because you've collected cash. So they have to collect. They're responsible they to, for collecting right. their massage from that's you. Right. That's right. That's right. But Once an, cash mm-hmm. transfers from one hand to another, that's considered the,
0: income. The deal is done. The deal is done. The deal mm-hmm. is done. Well, Harriet, you helped me a few years ago. Remember when I was the treasurer for that national board? Yes. And I knew nothing. And Harriet took me under her wing, boy. Just a, a crash course in, uh, uh what's well, that? accrual based accounting, right? Uh, not 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 for profit accounting. And um, not that I I really ever want to be that involved with accounting, but it did give me a really good overview of
1: money, which right. you know a lot of people
0: don't know anything about money.
1: Well, they don't educate them in school. I think in 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 even in high school. Everybody should take some kind of a finance course, even to just run their own life. Right. Even if they're not in business, it's very important to understand. Budgets what, and. Well, also what your rights are as a, as a credit card holder and and uh, doing your bank recs. I know people who never do a bank rec. Really? And when I go in to do an audit, that's the first thing I do is make sure that, that the balance in the books is the same as the balance in the banks. So oh, that just. That's. That's. Uh, uh, <laughs> Really important part of of auditing. It's the start, really, when you do an audit,
0: okay? That's scary. To it is. Us to and I know that you know, um I'm not the a kind of person who really, you know, checks every little, but I, I'm a, on a salary from, I'm a teacher at the school. Right. so but when I was in private practice, i I do. I still have log books from New York. A ledgers right. of all of the things that I did. Not only did I do massage therapy in private practice, but I taught classes. I have all the students' names, right. you know, in pencil, a ledger book. I was used to be very organized when I had to be. When you have to keep track of things, right. then you do. And all the videotapes I sold, you know, all yes. in a nice ledger. So when I went to my accountant, I was ready. I put the book down, and that's really all they needed. That's, that, that's all the accountant wants. He wants
1: summaries he does not want
0: a bunch of a receipts bunch of, and, no, un, and and no. for you to be undisorganized no. and not know. Okay, no. what other um, advice do you, you know, when you go to teach
1: at the Boulder College of Massage <laughs> right. Therapy, what are some of the things that you impart? Well, the first thing I tell students is that um, they should start out small. I had one client that came to me from the Boulder School of Massage, and he just went overboard. He bought a truck. He was going to do traveling massage, and... He signed up for payroll, he didn't even have payroll yet, and he went under because he had spent so much money trying to set up this enormous business which wasn't there yet. Uh-huh. So I tell the, the students to just start out small, be, become a sole proprietor, if you, wanna, if you have other property and you wanna protect, let's say your house, you could be an LLC, if you're a single owner LLC, you still file a Schedule C. So that is but limited to, liability. Right. It's a limited liability company. You don't want to start out having to find, file another return because it costs more money. As soon as you file, let's like say, a partnership return
0: mm-hmm.
1: or a uh, sub-S chapter, sub-S return, which is a sub-S the corporation, corporation yeah. there are advantages to that because you can draw a salary, but it's not, not at the beginning. You can always go and do that later. Okay. So, I tell them to do it as simply as possible. And the same thing with the expenses. They have to be categorized and summarized. They can do it on a computer or on a, um, Excel. an Excel program, yeah. or they mm-hmm. can buy a, a small accounting program like QuickBooks or whatever. They, mm-hmm. But they need to keep separate their own personal records from their business records. Mm-hmm. I also tell them they don't have to necessarily open a separate account in the bank. Really? If you can, if you can use a one credit card for business, and use it only for business, so mm-hmm. it's easy to keep records of it, what you spend, or you can just use one checkbook. And I do that. I have, a, uh, I don't have a personal account. I have just one account that reads my my business my business name, and I just I have a system where I circle what my income is, and what my expenses are related to business, and so. You can uh, the the whole very goal simple. is to do it as simply as possible, mm-hmm. especially for new beginners because they get overwhelmed. Right, and that's not the purpose of this at all.
0: Okay, that's good to. That's very good advice because yeah, you can have all these pie in the sky dreams, right, and then they can come crashing down all around you. Uh, and starting simple, and also when we work for somebody else. Uh, and they're taking care of all your expenses, your, your linens, everything. This is another way to just get started uh, in, the, in this profession. So all right. you have to think about is uh, doing massage therapy and maybe uh, taking some continuing education so you keep right. up to date, but you don't have all the, the, the over, you know.
1: Right. The, the problem with that is that there are very little expenses you can take off against that income. That's it. And then so. that's,
0: that's the other part of this, though. Right. You, at the end of the year... Oh, and I was just going to ask you, um, if you think it's good advice to put aside a certain amount of money uh, quarterly.
1: You, in, in order to pay the government? Yeah. And to pay the government in advance?
0: Yeah, if you're no. so provided. Like Do you estimated have
1: to tax? Estimated tax. Okay, the first year that you file a return in which you owe money, where you have a tax liability, then the computer, you, you tell the computer or, or whoever is preparing your return that to fill out estimates. And if you have owed a a liability, then you would pay estimated taxes for the next year. So, for example, in 2010, when somebody comes to me and they owe money to the government, I tell my my program to print me out estimates. And they will print out four vouchers. That is if they come on time to file Mm -hmm. by April 15th. By April 15th, right. And that's due four times a year. April 15th, um, June 15th, September 15th. And January fifteenth, they're not the same dates that other things are due. Okay. And so, but the first year when you when you're in business and you don't know whether you're going to owe or not, that's the time to save it in your own bank account or savings account.
0: Okay. Yeah, I remember okay. doing that right. back back when. Because you're not
1: up. obligated to pay the government in advance unless you've had a tax liability the year before.
0: The year before, like the Correct. year before you even started, became a massage no, no. therapist. like if
1: you start in 2011, Eleven, mm-hmm. let's say, and you have some income tax liability or uh, FICA tax liability, self-employment tax liability, then for 2012, when, when the person who prepares your return, if it's you or anybody else, then you, at in 2012, when you prepare the 2011 return and you end up owing money, then the computer will prepare Estimated tax payments for two thousand and twelve.
0: Okay, and the estimates are based on is your prior, annual year, prior year's uh, income. income. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, correct. so if you made a whole bunch of money the second year you were in practice, yes, then uh, you suggest that people put aside a little bit, a little bit right. more. Bas- so right. the percentages to, is yeah. right. Yeah, and right. you're suggesting
1: about fifteen
0: percent. Yes, if
1: if, if the in, uh, not to give it to the government yet, not to pay the government until you're required to pay the government. Okay. Uh, the idea is not to have a big refund and not to have a big liability at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, so you get to the end of the year, you go, and I got to pay what? Yeah. I don't have it. Right. You know, and that's right. that used to, got me in trouble a couple of times oh, yeah. when I was, you know. It does everybody. In my first couple of years of private practice, I had to get used to that because I went right out of school and got into a, into a, you know, a practice that I didn't have to do anything except collect a salary. And it was, right. uh, when I got into a business on my own, it was, it was, I didn't know anything. Right. You know, I, what did I learn in high school about, I went you from do, high school well, to massage school. as a A nice teacher in high school taught me how to
1: write a check. That's all I learned about finances <laughs> in uh, and that's four
0: that's years of high funny. school. You yeah. know, well, that's, that's
1: one of the reasons that I do pro bono work at the college, of massages because I my daughter was a massage therapist, my ex son in law was a massage therapist, so it's in the family, and um, I try to help these younger and they're not all young. Some of them are yeah. people returning. A lot of people are are doing a second career, right? So they they have more of a, a uh, understanding of what the tax laws require, but the younger right. students don't, right? And so it's a, it's a good service. It's
0: very yeah. good. Well, we wanted to ask you also, now somebody's been in practice for a, a little while, uh, say a year or two. Um, and they when they first started the practice, they bought all this equipment. Could you talk about depreciation? Right. Because right. some people don't yes. understand what that okay. means.
1: Um, there's There's a system that the tax code allows you to write off a fixed asset. A fixed asset is one that generally has more than a one-year life. Uh, That would be furniture, tables, massage tables, a computer, um, copy machine, anything that you would use in your business. Sometimes you use part of it for business and part of it for personal. For example, with the computer. Now nobody's gonna tell you to sit down and mark every single time that you use it for business and every single time you use it personally. But you have to kind of gauge that, let's say you use it, you have to figure out that I use it 50% for business. Mm -hmm. Well, then you can write off 50% of the cost of that piece of equipment, of the computer. Uh, The same thing is true with the massage table. Sometimes you come into business, you already have a massage table. Mm -hmm. Well, the government says that when the IRS code says that when you put it in service, don't necessarily have to have bought it in that year. But when you put ah. it in service, it becomes a business asset, mm-hmm. and so you figure out what the market value is. It may be very close to what you paid for it. Then you can write it off through depreciation. Uh, for example, a, a a massage table would be like furniture, and it has a seven-year life. So you can write that off over seven years. Over seven years. Over you seven deduct, years. You can until, deduct mm-hmm. until you have no no basis left, no cost left. Mm-hmm. But if you buy something in, a, in the in the year that you start your business, and you make a profit, that you year, can, uh-huh. that year, you can do uh, what they call a Section 179 depreciation, in which you can write off the whole thing. The whole thing okay. in okay. one year. Mm-hmm. So when that when a client comes to me, I see what the best thing is to do for them. Right. If they don't have a gain, if they have no profit. They can't use the Section 179.
0: Oh, so you have to have a make a profit have have in a profit. order to take that
1: deduction. Right. Well, but you don't right lose it, Elaine, because mm-hmm. you can write it off then over seven years. Right. Okay. So either way. Either way, you're going to get way. a deduction. It's the okay. using up of a fixed asset. Okay. All right. Okay. Hmm. Uh, one other thing I would like to tell you about is, besides all the other expenses that are related to your business, like... Um, uh, creams and lotions and the music that you buy for your office and the uh, water that you buy for your office and any file folders or any office supplies that you buy there are two other really good deductions or maybe three the first one is the one that i love the most is when you work out of your home not in a rented space could be a rented h- apartment mm-hmm. but not in a separate office The government allows you to take what's called an office-in-the-home deduction. Um, I worked for many years in New York and lived out here, had an office here, worked here most of the time, but I could never take that deduction because all my income and expenses went to New York. Really? So I never could take an Mm office-in-the-home. Once I sold my practice, I now can do that. And it's a wonderful deduction because if you own a home, and you pay mortgage interest and real estate taxes, that you can write off and even then generate a loss. But it doesn't matter because you would get it on a Schedule A. But Mm -hmm. the main thing is that any other expense, including rent on an apartment or a condo, um, homeowners dues, water, uh, garbage removal, maintenance on the the apartment or the house, all of the expenses that are, are related to running the house your mm-hmm. home, yeah. a percentage of that can be written off. Okay. What kind of a percentage you okay, talking about? Okay, so what about? you do is you have to mm-hmm. figure out the square footage that you use exclusively, and that's in quotes exclusively mm-hmm. for business. So if you set up a room and that's only a massage room, that's using it exclusively. Okay. Okay, so. you take that square footage and you divide it by the total square footage of your living area. Okay, and then you get a percentage. Oh yeah. Okay, so say it's ten percent. Mm-hmm. If it's ten, and the reason to do all this is because you want to reduce the FICA tax, the oh. self-employment tax. Okay. So if you own your own home and you t- can take off, let's say, ten percent of the mortgage interest, ten percent of the real estate tax, ten percent of all of the other expenses of running the home, it reduces your self-employment income. And the balance of the mortgage interest and the balance of the real estate taxes would go on a Schedule A. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's such a good deduction because it reduces your self-employment liability.
0: Right, so again, people have to be sensible about how much of the house they use. And you can't just throw everything in there. Oh, no, no. You know, you have to... uh,
1: I mean, you have to have living space, you know? Right. And, and And if you have a bathroom that's used only for that, area clients, that's yeah. different but if you mm-hmm. use it for yourself as well then you mm-hmm. can't take it yeah, i only take my my office expense i measure my my uh, uh, area where i work downstairs mm-hmm. and then i also have a big storage closet in the in the playroom area which is only my stuff right and that's what i divide by the square footage of my total house
0: mm-hmm. Well, that's my you. You wish your house was a little smaller now, don't you?
1: Well, I do because uh, that's a smaller percentage, but, right? But right. that's okay because whatever it is, it's whatever bad. it is, it's, it's good. It's, it's good, yeah. right? The other thing is that if you drive, um, or use a car for business. For example, if you go up, if you're living in Colorado and you go to Vail to to do massage for two or three days a week, you can deduct that mileage and the living expenses when you're away from home um overnight away from home Mm, right uh you cannot deduct if you go from your home to the first client because that's considered commuting but if you go Mm. from your home from the from the first client to another client and another client that's not that's business mileage So again, you have to keep a log. Yes. You take the the mileage from the beginning of the year when you start your business, and then you keep a record of where you're going. And it doesn't have to be totally exact, but it has to be written because there are questions on the return that ask, do you have another vehicle available? Is your vehicle available during uh, personal time? Mm. And so forth. And so in order to answer that honestly, you have to give the preparer the total business mileage and the total mileage that you use otherwise. Right. So you and you then, spend the three ninety
0: nine for a little mileage log. Right. You keep well, it you in the can, car. That's right. Right. And, and you, usually it's
1: in a date book too. You can do it
0: in a date. They have, yeah. They
1: have a place. Oh yes, that's right. Right. But the
0: idea is to take it right off your uh, right, and Add
1: up the, the total mileage for the year. In 2010, you got 50 cents a mile. Right. 2011, it's t- it's 51 cents a mile.
0: 51 right now?
1: Yes. It may raise. It, yeah. The, I, it, because it, it, taxes, are, uh, the uh, gas is going up.
0: Yeah, it goes up and down. So it, it can
1: change during the year.
0: So um, a quick Google search to find out how, you know, what's the... Uh, the mileage, yeah, uh, you know, well, you, you can keep, get that information.
1: Your accountant will know all the time to buy uh, supplies uh, in a in a uh, Whole Foods or something. Then you can take that mileage too, because it's business miles when you're going to buy, You go
0: shopping, you go to Costco, you load
1: up. If, if that's yes, it's a business it, trip. It's a business trip, even oh. if you bought some personal stuff. Sure, but if you have bought some business stuff, it's it's business.
0: That's miles. you know the kind of things you don't think about, right? good that you can take advantage of that
1: and then there's another one that that's an estimated expense like laundry oh yes if you have you have you keep the number of clients that you've done for the whole year and you can multiply that by $1.75 to $2 a, a client a
0: client set right. of sheets Yes. Now, is that washing, or if you have a laundry service, it's
1: easy to keep if track. If you have of. a laundry service, it's very but, easy to keep but track. But what if
0: you do your own sheets in well, your house? Well, that's why
1: you take an estimated amount.
0: Really, and yes. that's about what you should. What's fair to take is yes. about a dollar yes. seventy-five, two
1: dollars. That's right. Wow. Even if you do them in your own home, right? Or you go to the laundromat, doesn't matter because you usually wash other things with it. So. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, I, yeah, I didn't like to deal with sheets at all. I still don't. I don't know why. It's just the folding and the, the time that it took. But yeah, I know, I mean, Beck, forget it. She loves to do the laundry, you know, and I have yeah. friends that they just think it's very meditative and nice, and I think yeah. it takes too much time, and I can't be bothered. In New York, in my practice, I, I put the whole... Actually, we had... Uh, I shared an office with someone, which was always good to go in with other people. Absolutely, because then you can afford. And we had a nice linen service. They came in once a week. They took out the the soiled linen, brought in the nice clean bags, folded, beautiful. Uh, right. What you call sterilized sheets. You never had to worry about anything. Right. And it was very nice not to even not to have to deal with right. that. Right. Mm. Right.
1: So then you would use the actual expense.
0: And then we got a receipt for that, right. and that was easy to keep track of. Was the other thing. Right. So good. Let me tell you that we're here at uh, Boulder, Colorado, massagepodcast.com, and um, you can leave us a voicemail or send a text message to area code 303-656-9860, or you can come chat with us live during our recordings and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And now you can download our podcast from iTunes. So when you go into our uh, website at www.massagepodcast.com, you'll see all 13 episodes after a little while today, all 13 episodes with all of our charming guests that we've had on uh, over the last several weeks. And I want to welcome again Harriet Clapper, who's here today as an expert in uh, uh, what you call it yourself, certified public accountant. At this time of the year, when we're all getting waiting for, I'm waiting still waiting for some W twos to come in, and uh, I've got miscellaneous tax and things. But I take it all to H and R Block, and I've been using the uh, same lady visiting her for like ten years now. Ever since I bought a house with Beck, you know he. We t- we go to the same accountant, and she knows us, and and I think that's good too. That over the years, these guys will get to know. The, hopefully, they'll find a good accountant, okay? Or they'll visit Harriet, and we'll give you her information because she specializes in uh, with massage therapists. You've been working with massage therapy taxes for many years, yeah, many days, so we'll give you her information. If you're in the Boulder, Denver area, you may want to schedule an appointment with Harriet, and. Um, yeah, uh, so, you know, I, I have a different situation. If I am doing a private practice, though, it, I would definitely go to you <laughs> because you know what you're talking about.
2: I have one question for her. Yes. Uh, now that we're talking about companies, that what, what is your advice, Harriet, in terms of recommending people to go to an, uh, with an agent or, or would you recommend somebody to use tools as TurboTax? Okay, if, if TurboTax is pretty good. If you feel very competent
1: uh, about working on a computer and doing your own tax return, that's fine. I, I don't charge a lot because I, I deal with a lot of small businesses. I would not do it myself by hand, ever, ever, because when you, do, when you put something on one form, everything comes forward to the 1040, page one and two. And if you don't carry it forward right, they're going to pull the return. So also you... A lot of people do their, t- their t- uh, returns with pennies. Government doesn't want that. You have to round up or down. So I would suggest if you feel comfortable doing it on on a computer program like TurboTax, fine. If not, find an accountant who doesn't charge too much, who hasn't got a big practice that with a big office and a big overhead. and And, and also consult with your friends because... They know who does good work mm-hmm. and uh, they, uh, mo- like for example, most of my new clients come by referral. I don't do a lot of advertising. So that's what I would say.
2: Yeah, and the reason I ask, uh, when I was an employee prior to doing massage for me, it was very comfortable just doing, getting my W2 and follow the TurboTax. Oh, yeah. It was very simple. But once that I decided to jump into massage, I got really nervous. Not as I hear you speaking about all these uh farms and we would ignore and if i'm doing that tax preparation that's by myself i would ignore right. so many things that obviously since i start doing massage i always i did what you just suggested ask another massage therapist who would recommend me so she yeah. directed me to this local firm and i've been doing my taxes ever since and i feel more comfortable getting their advice right, of all yes. these little things and right. when they change the law you, you know <laughs> i yeah. feel more the, way more comfortable the law right.
1: changes every year every year as i as i mentioned before that i i go to class for 40 hours a year in continuing education and 90% of it is in tax because that's what i really do although i do some auditing as well but um, it changes, and every year I go, I learn something new, and you really have to know what to do because you can put away money in an IRA or in a Roth IRA if you're young. You can do a, a SEP plan. There's a lot of things that you can do to save money for your own retirement at some point in time, and so it's good to go to a professional. It really is. Yeah, I, uh,
0: I feel much more confident. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, Speaking of retirement, and self-employment. What are some What are some uh, advice that you can give to people, whether they just started in practice or they've been practicing for ten or fifteen years or longer? Uh, how do you suggest? You know, with uh, I don't know about anybody else, but the uh, they keep talking about the social security uh, disappearing on us well, and things like. What I'm are hoping you hoping that's not going to happen? Well, I certainly you no. Know, all of us are hoping that's not going to yeah, happen. but you can't but
1: live on social security. you can't. It's not enough. It's no. not going to be enough. Be enough. <laughs> Uh, What I suggest is when people feel comfortable and they can put away some money, depending upon your age, if you're young enough, you can do what's called a Roth IRA, which is not deductible on the tax return, so you're putting away after-tax dollars. The advantage to that is that you never have to take it out. Really? And it's called R-O-T-H? R-O-T-H. It's it's named after the senator that proposed it. Okay. Okay. you have to leave it in for five years minimum mm-hmm. without penal without a penalty when you take it out. Right. But whenever you take it out and it's your money because you've paid tax on it already, mm-hmm. you take it out tax free, even the earnings. So that's a very good thing if you're young enough.
0: That's very good. If
1: you if you have a, a tax liability that's large enough that could help you uh, not pay ta- not pay as much tax. It isn't as valuable as it used to be. Yeah. But you could do what's a, re- a regular IRA.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that, uh, that's before tax dollars. So that reduces your tax liability for now. But in the future, <clears throat> you have to start taking it out when you're 70 and a half. If you, uh, you can start taking it out without penalty at the age of 59 and a half. If you're very young that seems like ancient I mean, that's like yeah, way but, in the future yeah, so yeah. but the point is that if you can do it if you can manage to save some money that way that's what you should do
0: is there a set amount that you have to take out on, uh, you know, put in there all the
1: time it depends on, different... on your income okay and you tell the computer to calculate what my possibility is
0: okay what about all these uh, 401k
1: a things 401K like that 401k is from work and that right. is also a great thing. Uh, you have to be aware of two things. One, some companies will match, like up to three percent. If they match, you should put the maximum in that you can. Right. This is only on a job. Right. Okay. And if they don't max, if they if they don't match it, you still should put in as much as you can. Be careful that they don't only invest it in their own stock. Mm-hmm. Of the company you work for, you want to have diverse, a diversification a of your investments. Mm-hmm. But and a 401k is great. Yeah, and so you can
0: usually choose, you know, how you want to diversify right. your portfolio. Correct. Right. And, they, they, you know, they do, They were doing pretty good before the little crash well, we they, had.
1: Yeah, but even so, the but crash... But they're back up. They're back up. That's yeah, exactly is, right. Yeah. I, I have gone through this a few times in the past number of years. I never sell. I never Never sell. sell. Right, because once you sell, you're locked out. You've you've locked in your loss, and you can never recoup. Yeah, you just so have if to be you patient. Just hang there, yeah. If you have good investments and a good broker that's advised you well, even if it goes down, mm-hmm. it's going to come back up. It came back up. Right. It took a few I have, years. I have a job security fund that I, I uh, I'm the accountant for in New York, and I I do the investing for them, and I I have very very. Um, low risk investments. I mean, I can't all low, can't, all don't, low. Don't they suggest that you? No, not for this because no, I'm, okay. I'm a uh, uh, an escrow agent. Uh huh. So I, I have. So a, you got to be very conservative. Be very conservative, and they have a, a, quite a lot of money. And and about two years ago, they were down about 192 thousand. Geez. And I, my stomach was <laughs> aching. I was really mm. aggravated, but there was nothing I could do. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, "Did what I do for myself." I said, "You know what." I'm going to hang in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And over the last t- a few years, couple yeah. years, all I have lost now is 19,000. Right. That is a tremendous amount of money moving amount of money around. That, that that came back. Mhm. But so. if I had gotten out of the funds that mm-hmm. I'm in, then I would I would be locked out and I would, that's, ne- a, that's they would never have been able to Recoup—that's a strong
0: phrase. Being yes, locked out I would have been mm-hmm. locked out. Well, so. uh, we—you know—we should talk about investment. <laughs> we should talk a little bit yeah. about okay. it because uh, uh, there's just so much to
1: to learn and to know. Right. Well, about. I don't do—I don't actually do investment advising. I used to, but I don't do that anymore. It's mm-hmm. just too much to keep up with. And then I feel guilty if somebody loses money on something I suggested. Oh yeah, no, I'm so not have talking about. I a broker about I'm talking that, that about does as a it and, friend. And, and Oh, as a friend, and, yes. And, you
0: know, we'll look it over yeah. and say, Who, and the, do you like Janice? The, do you like, you know, this there's on that. a lot of
1: good funds and yeah. a lot of good investments. That are steady could, and conservative. Right. And even yeah. if they go down a little, so what? You're not right. selling it. You only lose if you sell. Right. Okay. You don't lose it if you don't sell.
0: That's very, very good advice, you know. Okay. And what other uh, things do you impart to uh, massage therapists? In okay. particular, that, you know, again, they come from all walks of life. And right. sometimes they just, you know,
1: they don't know well, that they... I could they go through a little bit of a list. Sure. I, I can tell you that, for example, health insurance, if you're self-employed... Big issue. Very big issue. You can uh, write off, not write off as an expense, but write off to your adjusted gross income. It, it's a deduction from your adjusted gross income, the total premium that you pay as a self-employed person. Used to be fifty percent, then it went to eighty percent. Now it's hundred percent, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you
0: um, do you have any idea what what that looks like? Well, how much you should put aside?
1: Because I know health I'm, insurance. Yeah. Oh, you have to go uh, to somebody who can can calculate shop around that. For you. And, oh, I see. No, they have to shop around for you and 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 figure out what deductible you want. It's not cheap. No. Health insurance is not cheap, and a lot of young people don't want it because they don't want to spend the money. Right. But you have to realize that if you get into a car accident, you need an operation, and you need to be in the hospital, or you need an operation, or you broke a leg or something. That's a minimum ten thousand yeah. 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 dollars. You don't have no idea. People think when they're young, nothing's going to happen to me. But you right. never know. That's right. You never know. So to me, that's like buying fire insurance on the house. Right. I buy fire insurance. I surely don't want my house to burn down. That's right. It's the same thing. It's I the same thing. For health so, insurance. Health insurance, is it a tax deduction? It's not a tax deduction unless you put it on a Schedule A. But if you're self employed, Schedule A is itemized deductions. And that's where, you, if you have a, a home, you generally use, do a Schedule A because you have real estate taxes and you have all these uh, deductions. Interest, uh, mortgage interest. The mortgage interest. And then you have some health insurance. You Very, very rarely people get. Health insurance, because there's a 7.5% floor. In other words, 7.5% of your adjusted gross income, you don't get any health insurance deductions. It's got to be above that. And that's going to 10%. So people are not going to get very much deduction on health insurance on a Schedule A. But if you're self-employed, that's where you can take it off from your adjusted gross income. Really? On page 1, right? The 1040. Good. Okay. Other insurance that you pay, like if you have um, insurance in your home, that you're going to be able to take a a office in the home, you put in the insurance because that's also part of the home. Uh, Legal and professional fees, if you pay somebody to do marketing for you, to design a a um, your brochure, your your logo, anything like that, or help you with a marketing plan which I know you learn about at school, but if you you need help uh, and a lawyer or an accountant that helps you do your tax return, that's a deductible uh, expense. The whole amount. The whole amount. Um, We mentioned about the house, so it's anything with the house. Um, Meals and entertainment is another one. Travel, when you travel, you can go, one year I went to Hawaii with my partner and and another accountant. And uh, we spent a week in Maui, and then a week on the big island, Oahu, I think it is. Mm. And we spent a week in class. So that whole trip was deductible, except for the week in Maui. But the whole trip, back and forth, was deductible. We rented a car that was deductible, the food, the conference fees. But well, we were in class five days a week. Right. So that was a, that's the only time I ever did it, but it was great. Uh-huh. So that, when you travel- For continuing business, education. Continuing ed, you could take a class in San Francisco. You could right. go to uh, Santa Fe, wherever you find something that doesn't you, necessarily have to be in your hometown. If you can afford it and you want to go somewhere else for the same type of course, that's okay. The government can't tell you where to go. Right. Oh, that's okay. great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but meals and entertainment, normally if you take somebody out for lunch or dinner and you're talking business, then you can take a 50% deduction for the meal. Okay, 50%. Uh, 50%. You have mm-hmm. to put in the in the computer, you have to put the full amount, and then the computer will take off the 50%. Okay, good to know. Um, when you travel, anything is, is included as airfare, car rental, food, and so forth. Professional development, when you take... CPE credits like I do and I think you have to take them too. Yes, we do. So that that's also deductible. The and, travel and the, and the uh, and fees uh, and the conference fees and all And that. your membership fees your for membership these things, fees, you know, AMTA membership, membership right.
0: or ABMP membership right. or
1: NCBTMB. Right. Yeah, very good. Um I think we spoke about telephone? Did I did I mention telephone? Not too much. Telephone, no. all right. The government says that if you have only one phone, it's used personal and business. Right. So what you could do to avoid that is either either keep some kind of a uh, estimated time that you use your phone. Make sure that your business phone is on your business card and on your stationery because that makes it more legitimate that it's a business phone. If you have two phones, then use one, 100% for, for business. Right. right off. And excuse me just yeah. one moment. Sure.
0: Jorge, could you go over that? Ph- I've been thinking about that phone advice that you gave last week. Mhm. And what was that again that uh,
2: uh Google Google voice.
0: Google voice.
2: Which so this is a very It's just a service but it's that's for free. It's for really? free. It's, it's for free. And
0: you use that for your business.
2: Yeah, but I mean when you attach it to one of these smartphones, you know, in the end you'll, you're still paying your fees to your provider. So Right. I I don't think it would have to impact anything on from the taxpayer perspective, which is because it's a a free service. It's a
0: free service from Google. This is. uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I I don't have a a iPhone. iPhone. I mean, either yes, the
1: plain telephone that I can I can uh, um, call out and get calls in. I don't text, I don't do any of that stuff. No, I'm trying to resist it myself. I'm too (laughs) old-fashioned. Okay, the other thing I want to tell you is that if you're a student, you'll get a statement from the school that you're in, and you can write off, um, there are three programs. One is the Hope Scholarship, uh, one is the uh, Lifetime Learning, and the new one is the uh, Opportunity, Educational Opportunity Act, which gives you not only a write-off a deduction but also a refund really yes so that's a very good thing so you um, ask this
0: school for in, something the, the students school, ask their school for okay, something the school gives it to gives them automatically them,
1: oh okay and also the student interest that you pay on your loans once you start paying back your loans oh yeah that's also deductible not on not on the schedule c but on the tax return
0: okay the regular okay. your regular tax regular return.
1: tax return and mm-hmm. then this year for the last time they have a four hundred dollar make making work pay credit. This is a credit, so it's it's going away after two thousand ten. maybe it's two thousand eleven. No, I think it's two thousand ten. So this is the last year for that. Mm-hmm. But that means if you have earned income, you can file a form um, M, a Schedule M, and that will give you a four hundred dollar credit. And if you're a couple, it'll give you. $800. Really? Which is really nice. A Schedule
0: M like Mary? Yes. Mm-hmm. Schedule M. Okay.
1: That's why you need to go to somebody who's who knows, knows these what things, they're doing. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you, you miss, miss out it. on a lot yeah, of. There's uh, also earned income credit if you don't have enough income. You do not have to have a child. You can be a single person and not have enough income, and you can get an earned income credit. A credit is always better than a deduction. Right. Because a credit is against the tax. And so you you would have, you'd fill out a form, and if your income fell into that level, you could get an earned income credit, which is like a tax refund that you never paid. Wow. Yeah. There's all these things. There's a lot of things. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things, no question about it. And uh, there are other credits that, uh, you know, people who adopt children can get a credit. It's now become refundable. So if you don't use it, you can get back money which is wonderful Mm -hmm. uh i have two grandchildren that were adopted and iris had a credit for a few years that she carried forward right that's also a carry forward thing that's wonderful and also i wanted to mention about the uh, office in the home even if you can't take it this year in 2010 we're talking about fill out the form because there's a carryover oh yeah that means if you didn't take it this year Next year, you will get 2010 and, and 2011. Look at that. So you need to fill that form out even if you can't take it this year.
0: Okay, so that's good to know for yeah. people just getting started right? in, right. in the massage therapy business. And yeah, very good.
2: I have a couple of questions for you, Harriet. Um, one is, are there any good online resources on the internet that you can point people to check for any any tips and advice? um that you are aware of
1: but there's always you can go to the to www.irs.gov, and they that will give you pages and pages and pages, pages of and pages play uh, things that you can get from the irs you can yeah. also file this year if you prepare more than uh, 100 returns which is not the individual person but me then you have to e-file which is new i never e-filed i never wanted to do it but i have to do it now
0: but electronic
1: you, filing. Electronic filing, mm-hmm. and you can do that too. You can go on on the uh, internet and file. You don't even have to. I hate to say it, but you don't even have to buy TurboTax, because you could go on the internet and file with the IRS yourself directly. Directly
0: mm-hmm. okay. on their on their website. On their
2: website. Wow, I see. And the, that's new. Okay, and and the other question that I that I had for you. In your vast experience helping people like us, is there anything that you would see as a common mistake that we uh, do either by missing that or abusing something for the tax, tax deductions that might get us in trouble with the IRS, or triggering an audit or things like that?
1: You know, the, the the only thing I could say is that if you if you file a Schedule C rather than a Sub S, uh, your chances of audit are greater. But the truth is that if, you, if you're if you a small taxpayer, and I don't mean to belittle anybody, but if you're not making a lot of money, they're not going to get a lot out of you. So unless you have something that really, really stands, out. stands out. For example, with office supplies and postage and telephone mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. printing, I break all those expenses up. Mm-hmm. I don't want it all in one place, even though it's legitimate to do it in one place. I tried to break it up because on the Schedule C, on the second page, I have lines that I can put in Mm -hmm. other amounts and other deductions. And mainly I do that because I don't want to attract attention to the IRS. And I'm not sure how they select people for audit. But if you have a really big expense in one line and it looks out of line compared to what you really should be spending, they kind of know what a massage therapist can do Mm -hmm. and or any other kind of business they kind of know and so they can select it for audit Mm. okay right but there's Mm. no really way to avoid anything like that except to be conservative to be careful and not um, not be greedy not be greedy not not to be greedy if you have to pay a little tax so you pay a little tax just don't be greedy if you've Put in an enormous amount of money for travel they're mm-hmm. gonna see mm-hmm. and it doesn't make sense
0: mm-hmm. yeah thank you mm, okay and there. i mean there's um depending on what category you're in if you're a straightforward massage therapist you're gonna your records are gonna look like they should look like uh look like that all your expenses and your income right. but if then you have uh you also do some teaching here or abroad, and you're a traveling teacher, then it's going to look like that. Yeah, it's going to be the travel a separate, expense. You
1: put that on a separate uh, a separate form. A separate skill, a separate schedule C. Mm-hmm. You can have more than one schedule C on a return. Okay. So, so if, if you, you have, have a business that might be related, like teaching, but it's not the same, mm-hmm. make two schedule Cs.
0: I see. Okay. Wow, just all the things you just don't know, you know. Just uh, that's a yeah. that's massive...
1: Also, let me tell you that um, the reason I said before that uh, sometimes you end up the first couple of years only paying self employment taxes because, for example, if you're single, your gross income has to be at least 9350 before you have to file. And that, that's not what the Schedule C, I'm just saying, in, in terms of having to file a return. A year? A year. We're talking only about a year. Okay. Because there's a standard deduction for a single person of $5,700. In other words, instead of filing a Schedule A, you're going to be filing um, a standard deduction. So unless you have more than $5,700, it won't print an A. It won't print an itemized deduction. Okay. Uh, the yeah. numbers for the for married filing jointly the uh, uh, gross income should be at least 18750 because the standard deduction is $11,400. And uh, if you're over 65, there's an adjustment for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. okay. The other thing I want to caution you is that every, every year that you file with a loss, you know, people, the government knows that you're not going to stay in business if you're losing money every year. Mm-hmm. There has to be a real reason why. And so they they say limit that, that they say that if uh, two out of five years you don't have a profit, it's a hobby, right? And you know that it's it's logical in a way right. because although I have an artist client who doesn't make that kind of money, she did before, and they're questioning her deductions. The worst that can happen is they disallow her deductions, which we're trying to fight because an artist has, you know, they have uh, uneven income. But the point is that you have to be showing that you're holding yourself out for business if you do advertising, if you have stationery, if you have um, gift cards, if you have a telephone in your business name. All those things add to the legitimacy of your business. And so you have to be careful that you shouldn't have losses year after year after year. Or else it's a hobby. It's a hobby, and nobody <laughs> I like wants to work for I a mean, hobby. It's fine yeah. if you're retired, but it's not right. a hobby when you're trying to make a living.
0: When you're trying to make money. So what would you suggest if a massage therapist did everything they're supposed to do, and, you know, they've been in business for four years, they made a profit two years. That's fine. And they're still good. That's they still should good. still hang in there and Absolutely. give it a try. Because you never know.
1: No, it also takes time. You know, when you I gotta, went into yeah. business, I went in with a a partner who was a lawyer and an accountant. He was what we call the rainmaker. Mm. He brought all the clients, because I didn't know anybody. Uh He was a lawyer, he knew a lot of people in New York City and unions and so forth, and he brought all the business, and that was our agreement. I would do the work, not that he didn't work, but he was the rainmaker. The
0: rainmaker.
1: That's what we call oh, them, the we maker. need a massage rainmaker. Well, because he he brought the business bring the in, clients you know, in, right? Now I don't do that anymore. I haven't got as big a practice as I had in New York, but I I get all my ninety five percent of my clients from my leads group, from the school of massage, from referrals. Right. I have a and they have the yellow pages, but that's all. Oh, I yeah. don't advertise in the newspaper. I don't. Right. And advertising is expensive. I don't care uh, how you do it.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean But
1: it you need to when you're first starting out. Yes, you, you need, need to have some kind of a marketing plan to help Yeah, some, some exposure
0: business. and some right. some nice cards. But it is still a word of mouth business it is. to a great extent. Yeah. Here's the other any thing any
1: service business is.
0: Any service business. Any service business. Well of course it is. You know, I, I yeah, that's true of anything, plumbing. Anything. Yeah. I w- want somebody to recommend someone personal, because right. right. you never know who's gonna what you're going to get. And we have time to talk just for one moment about bartering. I know a right. lot of massage therapists that, oh, they want to get involved with bartering. Well, you know
1: what? They, the government isn't against bartering. What they right, are against, what they want you to do, like if you to hire somebody to paint your house, and in, in exchange, you're going to give them three massages. What the government ideally wants you to do is report three massage income and the and the exact price for the paint job, mm-hmm. and that's only it's a wash. It's not doesn't give you income, doesn't okay. give you expense, but it it distorts the gross national product. Really? Yeah. Could you explain that what that means. Well, um, if if you look at a Schedule C or any other kind of business return, there's a code that that uh, uh, deals with very very different products or services that you do and you put that code on the top of the schedule c or even on a 1120s or a 1065 partnership return and that is for statistical reasons because uh, the government uses wants to that to keep number. track of how what? else do you think they know how many schedule c's are filed uh huh right they right. know that they know how many massage therapists how many there are how many accounting uh-huh. firms there are right so it's a way that's kind of a census thing, uh, And so it's distorting when you when you do bartering and they're not against it; they don't right. say you can't do it, but they want you to report both the income and expense, only to keep the gross national product more reliable.
0: Wow, it's very interesting. Yeah. Never think about things like that, you know? Yeah. All right. Anything else? No. Any no. other questions? All right. Anything else okay. you can think
1: about? Uh, I think you covered all the, I try the main to things. Cover the main things. I, I would say if anybody had a question that they wanted to ask me, yeah, we'll we'll tell them, them how me. to get yeah, in touch with you. Charge, telephone. I don't charge for phone calls at
2: okay.
0: all. Okay,
1: that's wonderful. I only charge when I do business. When I do okay. work.
2: Okay, that's. So, would you like to share your phone number for those?
1: Sure. Uh, my business phone number is uh, 303-827-3032. And that's also my fax number. Okay. My email is hclapper at AOL.com. Very easy to remember. Right. And we'll put it on our podcast okay. so they can find out and anytime. And I practice out of my home. You want my address? On Sawtooth? Yeah. Let a 84, 8428 <laughs> Sawtooth Lane, S-A-W-T-O-O-T-H Lane. The address is Longmont, although I live in Niwot. In Iowa. Iowa, Niwot, yeah. Longmont, Colorado, 80503. Oh well, I love you, Mamala. I love you too. And it was Lame. just thank you thank, for this opportunity. Oh, thank you.
0: I owe you big. i we're gonna we're gonna barter. I'm gonna give you a massage. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I'm gonna report it too. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Jorge? Oh, hey. No, thank okay. you Carice, for for thank your time. Yes. You, thank you so okay. Thanks everyone. We'll see you on our next podcast.